What's going on, Cyclones fans? Jake Sentholz back with you again. Uh, it just seems like these two weeks fly by every time, doesn't it? Uh, we put out an episode, and then all of a sudden, uh, it's two Tuesdays later, and it's time for another episode. But uh, I, I'm loving these episodes. I'm looking forward to these podcasts every single week, and I hope that you can uh, say the same from a fan standpoint out there. Uh, this episode, uh, I promised you, or I teased, I should say that uh, we were going to have an owner's interview, Coach Colin Bailey, Zach Serway, and myself on this uh, episode. Uh, Coach Bailey has a lot going on, and uh, we're going to give it a few more weeks until we really have uh, a lot to talk about and can bring you a nice, long, hefty conversation. So uh, we will not be talking to Coach Bailey this week, but in lieu of that, we have got about a 25-minute interview with one of the Hockey Management Group LLC owners, one of the new owners here in Wausau for the Cyclones, and it is Brad Fail. Um, we'll get deep into his history with the Cyclones, um, his love for the game of hockey, uh, his impact that he wants to create and reach within the community, and so much more. Again, I talked to Brad for about 25 minutes, which you will be able to find as the last interview on this episode. Uh, but just like last week, I'm going to break down a few players, um, upcoming uh, Cyclones players that we're going to have on the ice this fall. Then we're going to talk for a few brief minutes with Zach Serway, and then we'll get to that Brad Fail interview. Of course, have to remind you as summer, sadly or maybe not sadly if you're a hockey fan, but it is uh, slowly and surely starting to wind down. Pretty soon snow is going to be flying. That ground's going to be very hard. Ground's going to be frozen. So you might be thinking to yourself, I got to get some more digging projects done. I got to I got to install the new uh, whatever it may be. I got to put a porch in. I got to put in my new satellite dish, you know, in-ground ones. Whatever it is, a million reasons out there for you to uh, have to dig up a little dirt um, in and around your property, right? Um, but just make sure... As I've mentioned time after time, if you're going to be doing any digging, if you're going to be doing any of those projects, you must call Diggers Hotline first or get a hold of them, uh, whether that is by calling or online. Diggers Hotline is going to come out, going to make sure that your project is done safely, it is done correctly, and it is done efficiently. Uh, Diggers Hotline can be reached by dialing 811 on any and all phones here in Wisconsin. You can also visit them at diggershotline.com. I, I, I'm i running out of ways to say it, ways to stress it here. You don't want to be the one responsible for cutting your, your neighbor's cable or maybe even something as severe as a gas leak or a gas explosion uh, could cause multiple people, not just you, but multiple different families to have to um, evacuate their homes and uh, really just puts a stress on uh, people around you and in your community that you just simply don't need. Diggers Hotline is going to be there to prevent all of that for you. And it is not just uh, something that you know you have to do for big projects or if you own a backhoe or an excavating company, then you have to call Diggers Hotline. No, no, it's anybody, anybody that's going to be doing a project, whether it's big or small, whether you're using a spade, a little garden shovel, or a giant backhoe, make sure you contact Diggers Hotline. You have to give them three days uh, to, to come out and help you. Uh, so make sure if you're wanting to do stuff on a Friday or Saturday, you're getting that call in no later than Monday or Tuesday. Again, it's going to take three 
business days for them to come out and help you. Make sure you find them at 811 on the phone or diggershotline.com. Thank you to Diggers Hotline for all the continued support here throughout the offseason for the Inside Cyclones Hockey Podcast. All right, last week we talked about three Cyclones players. This week I've only got two for you, uh, but man, these are some exciting players. Uh, looking forward to having them on the roster, starting with Griffin Lenez. And Lenez is going to come to us from the hockey state. We love all of our Minnesota hockey players over here. He's a native of St. Paul, Minnesota, and he attended St. Paul Academy, where last year uh, he played 16 games and put up eight points, so averaging a half a point per game. Pretty darn good, especially over uh, in the state of hockey in Minnesota when you're surrounded by all that elite talent. He was able to uh, net four goals and find four assists as well, again, giving him eight total points on the season. He had 23 penalty minutes. He had one assist on the power play, and uh, he's going to come to the Cyclones with some real diversity. Uh, has the ability to play forward or defense. I'm not gonna, not quite sure where Coach Bailey's gonna have him uh, starting out the year. Maybe he'll even transition partway through the year, or uh, is going to be one of those Swiss Army knife guys that can really just play any position as needed. Uh, you might see him. Uh, moving back and forth, floating between the forwards and defensive position on the power play. Uh, who knows what's in store here for Lenez, but he's going to be able to help this team tremendously. And Coach Bailey said he's looking forward to having Griffin join us in the fall and helping him reach all of his goals both on and off the ice. Um, so very excited to have Lenez here with us. Uh, by the way, he shoots right-handed. And uh, wore the number 23 in high school. Our next player is certainly one of the most anticipated offensive signings we maybe have ever had here in the form of Max Toyhala. Uh, Toyhala comes to us as a native of Monaco, Wisconsin. So he played for the Lakeland Thunderbirds all four years of high school. And for those of you who are familiar with the GNC Conference or hockey in this area and have been for a long time, there was years and years and years where Lakeland was sort of a bottom-of-the-barrel program, uh, never really was all that competitive compared to the, to the teams towards the top of the conference. But uh, that has seemingly all changed in the last number of years and in large part due to Max Toyhala. Uh, he had 90 goals and 81 assists in just 77 games in his career. Let me repeat that. 90 goals and 81 assists across just 77 games in his career. That is 171 total high school points across 77 games, which is an average of 2.22 points per game. Folks, that is mind-blowing. That is incredible. That's MVP-type numbers. That's first-team All-State-type numbers. Anything that you can, any, any accomplishment or any category that you want to put this kid in, he has approved it so far and lived up to the hype. Uh, he did earn first-team All-State recognition, recognition uh, for his efforts in Lakeland. And by the way, led Lakeland in team scoring three out of his four years. The only year that he didn't was his uh, freshman year when one of his teammates put up 49 points on the season. And Max Toyhala, uh, nothing to shake a stick at, had 38 points his, his freshman year. 
and then went on to lead the team uh, both or all three following years, excuse me. Uh, some more exciting news and another notch on Toyhawa's belt. He led the Thunderbirds to their very first state appearance ever in the history of their high school hockey program. And they didn't just show up one and done. No, they made a run all the way to the semifinals, again, led by Max Toyhawa. Uh, this this 2021, uh, 2020-2021 season where they did make the uh, state playoffs, uh, the team had a, a record of 10-4, and four, so a little bit of a shortened season. Still a pretty darn good record, but Toy Hollow was able to put up a very, very impressive uh, 35 points over that shortened season. And then again, uh, was the leader on that group, taking them all the way to the semifinals in state. Should be no surprise that Toy Hollow was the captain of that Lakeland team for three out of his last four years. Uh, as of his senior year, he stands 5'11", 190. Uh, maybe we'll come in just a few pounds heavier than that if he's been hitting the uh, hitting the weights. But I could see this kid playing at a playing uh, playing shape, playing weight of a little bit over 200, standing at five foot eleven with that skill set, the speed that he possesses. If he could put a little bit more bulk on him and really be uh, tough to push around out there, I mean, he potentially could be one of the best players in the entire NA3. I am ecstatic to have him as a Cyclone. I know Coach Bailey was thrilled at the signing as well. He said, I'm very excited to have Max remain in central Wisconsin and join our program. He brings a great skill set and work ethic, which we expect to make uh, an immediate impact on the ice. So that was uh, Coach Bailey's statement after the signing back in early May. So a ton to watch uh, upcoming from Max Toyhala. Uh, he should be a walking or skating high highlight reel, I should say. Uh, he's going to play forward undoubtedly for the Cyclones. And he wore number eight in high school. We'll see if he retains that number in the black, white, and yellow as well. So there you have it. Griffin Lennis and Max Toyhala, the uh, athletes and the skaters that we are featuring on today's episode of Inside Cyclones Hockey. As promised, I've got a conversation with Zach Surway coming up for you right after this, and then make sure you stick around. It is the first of five upcoming ownership uh, interviews here over the next roughly two months as we head towards the drop of the puck on the 2021-2022 NA3HL season. Make sure you're following the Cyclones across all your favorite social media platforms at Wausau Cyclones. You can find me on Twitter at Sentholes on Sport. And as always, you can find any further information on the Wausau Cyclones website. Feel free to share the podcast around. We would greatly appreciate that. And uh, you can tag us on anything that you share on any platform as well. We might get you, give you a, a nice little retweet or say thanks for uh, supporting the podcast here. This is is Inside Cyclones Hockey from the eye of the Cyclone. I'm Jake Sentholes. We'll be right back with Zach Surway right after this. Hey, Cyclones fans. Summer's here, and Fleet Farms got everything you need to enjoy it to the fullest. Check out their large selection of lawnmowers and yard equipment, 
Find grills, smokers, and all the seasonings for your next cookout. Complete your deck with a new patio set, pots, and lighting. Plus, you can pick up grass seed, fertilizers, and yard tools. Summer's here, and Fleet Farm has everything you need. Fleet Farm, proudly serving the Midwest since 1955. And welcome back, Cyclones fans. Joining me today, as always, is Director of Business Operations, Zach Surway. And Zach, I think we've been talking about it for the last two episodes, but it's finally here. The schedule was released. Pretty exciting news, huh? Yeah, so we we have our, our schedule for the upcoming season. I think that's always a um, exciting time of year is when you get that schedule. You know that hockey is right around the corner, and we're looking forward to it um, here in central Wisconsin. So uh, we talked a little bit on previous episodes about the different teams that we'll be facing throughout the year, but can you get a little bit more uh, into the schedule itself here now that it's uh, officially out? Yeah, so there's quite a few different dates for fans to take note as they they plan out their uh, fall and in, in winter springtime uh, with Cyclones hockey. Um, the most important date, I think, on the calendar, obviously, is always the, the home opener. Um, and that time uh, this year will be happening on Friday, October 15th, and we'll be taking on the St. Louis Junior Blues um, in that first ever uh, Cyclones hockey contest. So that'll obviously be an exciting one. We're looking to, forward to playing in front of a, a packed crowd and um, get the boys going as they uh, embark on the, the long season. Um, the other thing to make note of too is uh, we're doing a really unique game this year up in Eagle River at the historic dome. Um, that will be taking place uh, December 17th as a Friday night versus the Oregon Tradesmen. So we're all really looking forward to that. Um, the Dome obviously is the home to the Wisconsin Hockey Hall of Fame. And um, believe it or not, was actually the first ever indoor ice arena in the state of Wisconsin. So obviously a huge uh, amount of history in that uh, facility. And it's going to be really cool for, um, I believe in talking to people, that's going to be the first ever junior hockey game in that facility which is is pretty unique obviously yeah obviously incredible amount of history and a fun building to play in as well uh it's called the barn and it's it really is it's an old school barn like you said the first indoor rink in the entire state and uh they've done a good enough job keeping it up you know that it's still it's not like it's in shambles or anything but it's got that old that real old feeling it's got some uh, – sometimes the puck takes some strange bounces off the boards. It's got that, like, dome kind of ringing to it where you can just hear every puck hit the boards, every, you know, fan reaction. It all kind of just lingers on top of you on the ice there. So it's a real wild, chaotic place to play. I obviously played there a ton of times growing up as it was the home of, you know, Northland Pines, one of our big rivals growing up playing from Anago. But I think you're right. Uh, I've obviously heard of, you know, men's tournaments and other things like that. Uh, taking place there, but I've never heard of a, a junior hockey game going on there. So again, mark your calendars. It is December 17th and it's one of, I believe only three games uh, in December for the cyclone. So if you can only make it to one uh, during December, I would encourage you to uh, try and make it up to Eagle river for that one. Yeah, exactly. Um, just to kind of wrap up some of the other uh, dates as people look on the, the schedule and if they want to uh, find a copy of our home schedule, all fans have to do is simply 
go to wausaucyclones.com backslash schedule and they'll be able to find a nice uh, printable version of that that they can stick on their uh, refrigerator to keep track of all the the home games throughout the course of the the season um in terms of the the balance of the schedule it worked out actually pretty nice um for the home slate in the month of october we play a total of four games same with the month of november month of december is three total home games and then as we get into the heart of hockey season the month of january has five and we finish out the month of february um with six total home games so it's a with that it's a, again it's a fairly balanced schedule so um people can pick and choose the games that they want to and it's not like we have a a long stretch where there's uh you know three weekends in a row of of home games uh, throughout the course of the season so that's always nice to to balance out that uh schedule at the course of the year right and january february might seem like a ways uh, off in the distance but uh, as we all know, it'll be here uh, sooner than you think. So definitely start planning right now and definitely uh, get your eyes on one of those schedules and figure out uh, when uh, you can make those home games and how many you can make. We hope to, uh, we hope to see you out there. And as the offseason progresses, uh, you know, our roster has been getting more and more solidified. Contracts are coming back in uh, almost every day, it seems like. But in order to make it all go, we need a place for these players to live throughout the season, right? We still need more billet families. Uh, cannot harp on that enough on how important these billet families are. Uh, if maybe some people are tuning in, haven't heard our, our uh, wants and our needs for billet families in previous episodes, can you get back into that a little bit for us? Yeah, so each, each season, um, we obviously to run the operation to – um, go throughout the year with our players. We require uh, billet families to house those players. And essentially that housing situation, I mean, each season, these players are coming from all across the country. And sometimes, as you know, um, from even Canada or we've had players from Russia as well. Um, and that's not possible without billet families. Um, a lot of times it is the, first time that these players have been away from home and um, these host families, what they do is they provide a, a solid foundation to not only help them, you know, be successful off the ice, but really when they have a stable billet family that is there to support them, um, it helps them on the ice as well, that they're, they're comfortable with where they're living. And um, overall it's a, it's a win win for, uh, the billet family and for the player. Um, some of the, the benefits for the the billet families themselves is they receive uh, special discounts off on merchandise and then also season tickets, of course, to um, watch their billet son perform at Marathon Park. So again, it's a, it's a win-win situation for both sides and it's uh, always excited to see those relationships between the billet families and those players grow throughout the course of the season. Yeah, and obviously, um, in order to come watch um, these, uh, not not billet families, because they get to come anyway, but in order for fans to come watch these games and these great kids, you're going to have to get your hands on some tickets, right? Uh, can you, can you uh, tell us a little bit more about how to get individual tickets, uh, maybe a little bit of info on group ticket pricing, things of that nature? Yeah, so we'll be reaching out to different groups uh, here in the area for to come, come and attend uh, Cyclones hockey games. Um, if they're 
Looking for more information on group tickets, they can simply just call our office, um, which is 715-869-3132. Uh, individual game tickets, for example, the home opener, those will go on sale beginning uh, September 15th at 10 a.m. So folks can make note of that. Um, we're anticipating a, a sellout crowd for the home opener, which will be nice for the boys to play in front of. And uh, definitely, uh, as St. Louis will will recognize when they uh, are at that first game, that'll be a raucous atmosphere to uh, to be a part of and to compete in for sure. Yeah, definitely not a night that you're going to want to miss. We're doing a giveaway on that on that night, and again, you're going to be a part of history as the first uh, NA3HL. Wausau Cyclones game takes place uh, against those St. Louis junior blues. Uh, anything else on your mind, Zach, here before we wrap up? Yeah, the other thing to keep note of would be to make sure that you're following across all of our social media accounts and then also um, subscribe to our newsletter. Uh, you just have to head to wausaucyclones.com backslash newsletter. Um, as we get closer to the season, we're going to have all kinds of different announcements, whether that's um, player announcements or other uh, promotional news, you'll want to make sure to, to stay tuned to that to get uh, updated on all the latest and greatest from Cyclones Hockey. And there you go. And that can be found under the news tab again on the Cyclones Hockey website. Should be a few more uh, uh, stories coming about uh, players that have been signed and things like that uh, coming up pretty soon here as well. Uh, so if that's all you got for us, Zach, thank you for your time. And we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Go clones. Go clones. That is the director of business operations for the Wausau Cyclones, Zach Surway. Thinking about upgrading your windows and doors this summer? There's no better place than with our partners at Exquisite Windows and Doors. To request an absolutely free quote, visit exquisitewindowsanddoors.com. And welcome back, Cyclones fans. Uh, joining us here Inside the eye of the cyclone, uh, it is the first of uh, the anticipated management group interviews that we have been teasing for uh, a few episodes now. And uh, first of all, I want to introduce and thank uh, Brad Fail for uh, taking a few minutes. Brad, I know that you're a very busy guy. You got a lot going on in your life. Uh, so thank you for uh, taking this time and sitting down with us. Like I just mentioned off the top, you're the first of the five uh, owners to sit down. So I'll probably uh, maybe, you know, dig a little bit deeper in depth with you uh, than I will, uh, you know, as we move forward through these interviews, but I think you're the perfect guy to, uh, to do that with given your history with the cyclones and all that, which we're going to get into soon. Uh, but anyway, I guess I should ask you, uh, how are you doing tonight, Brad? I'm doing great, Jake. Uh, you know, I just want to say thanks for having me on tonight and, uh, you know, I've listened to uh, many of your podcasts in the past, and uh, you and your guests have done a great job. So, again, thanks very much for having me on. Well, thank you. Um, it's been, you know, a learning process, as most things are, but uh, this is our third season of the podcast, and uh, we we hope to get better and better all the time, just like, uh, you know, those NA3 players out on the ice. Uh, much like them, it's a de development opportunity for uh, me and everybody else involved. So I do thank you uh, for the kind words. Before we jump into your connection, um, with the Cyclones and, and uh, you know, depth of history there. Um, just give me a little bit about yourself, your own personal history, and what's your connection to Wausau in general? Well, well, Jake, uh, I grew up in Wausau. Uh, ironically, I grew up about two blocks east of Marathon Park, where the Cyclones are going to play. So I have a 
a lot of history in that area. Played youth hockey at Marathon Park and up through a, um, a little bit of high school hockey um, with Wasa West. And after that, kind of got away from the game for a while and spent the last 32 years working for a great company here in Wasa. And now we're diving into kind of a whole new endeavor. So uh, that's kind of a little bit of my background and where we're looking to go. Yeah, definitely. So obviously, uh, you know, long-term, um, uh, long-term citizen of uh, central Wisconsin, north central Wisconsin. Uh, and even more so than that, you've got that the special connection and the deeper connection to the Cyclones than uh, any of the other um four partners in the hockey management group, I think is fair to say. Um, and why don't you expand on that a little bit for us? For those of you who might not know, maybe we have some River Wolves fans who are now converting to Cyclones fans, or maybe just people who are newish to the area, but the Cyclones were around for quite a while, um, ended up uh, going away in the early 2000s. Could you just give us a, you can start from the beginning. You can keep it brief. You can go in depth, however, however you want to do it. But give us the full spectrum of the history of the Cyclones. Uh, they obviously weren't an NA3 team. Uh, so if you could just expound on that a little bit and uh, what bringing back the Cyclones to Wausau just means to you in general. A little bit of history of the team and um, a lot of people listening, alumni, family and friends, and even those who who don't know a lot about it. Uh, in 1972, my dad started uh, a men's team uh, and we called it the Wassa Cyclones um, right away. And what my dad was looking to do is provide a place for graduating seniors and adults uh, in the Wassa area, metro area, that were just looking for a place to play hockey. And because a lot of them basically after they graduated from high school, uh, they weren't moving on to any type of collegiate hockey or anything like that. Uh, their careers were over. So uh, hence was born the Cyclones. So um, my dad, uh, my mom, myself, my brother, um, many others, we ran the team basically until about 1986 uh, when my dad walked away. And um, it was just, it was, it was great. Um, growing up around that environment was just, just amazing. And, uh, um, again, we we had a lot of success. Ultimately we joined the, um, Badger state men's hockey league, which was made up of teams, um, in Wisconsin and some in Michigan. So we got around and, uh, we traveled to traveled to the Midwest a little bit with that team as well. So you said your dad was in charge until the mid eighties, but, um, the team itself was around for quite a while after that. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, as my dad walked away, obviously the, the team formed a board of directors, um, uh, headed in a little different direction than my dad wanted to go, which is great. I mean, the team had definitely some success and, uh, they carried on till I think, I believe the early two thousands and, uh, finally they, um, just disbanded. So there's been a long void, uh, um, without Cyclones or, or men's senior hockey. Yeah. And you can kind of draw some, um, some pretty similar parallels between, you know, it wasn't an official NA three, which is a, you know, a, a nationwide league and stuff like that. But the idea was, you know, graduating players who still wanted to play hockey, still had a fire burning, wanted to try and get better and further along in the game. This is a place that they can come, uh, maybe, you know, get some more ice time and uh, get, who knows, get a few eyeballs on them. So 
Um, you know, whether you call it a men's league or, you know, the NA3, whatever, a lot of parallels being drawn between what he started in the 70s and what you're bringing back today. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, we, we ran players both ways. I mean, we had some come out of, come out of high school that were just prepping a little bit and some did move on uh, to, you know, D3 and um, some, some, you know, maybe club teams at, at college level. And we also had some college players that once they were done, uh, definitely came back and wanted a place to play. And, and it was the Cyclones was a perfect, perfect uh, agenda and program for them. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who maybe uh, lived their whole lives in Wausau who remember as a kid or a teen, you know, going to some of these games. Maybe they haven't been to a hockey game in 20, 30 years now, and they're excited to get back in the building. So um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating there's going to be a lot of that around the Wausau area as well uh, this coming season. Um, so obviously uh, you're one of the five owners, as mentioned. What's ownership been like in the early days and in these early goings? Has there been any like unexpected challenges or surprises or have things gone pretty smoothly? Obviously, there's a lot to, uh, you know, a lot to accomplish and a lot to get done coming into the first season as owners. But um, any unexpected turbulence so far? Well, I think for me, there was a little bit just how many moving parts there there was to to make this work at this level. And obviously we came in with our ownership group is very hockey based. And so in the game, we understand what it takes um, for me, a little bit tough on, on, on some of the league stuff. And then uh, I'll be straight up honest, you know, some of the, some of the bills we had to pay. So uh, um, other than that, no, it's gone really well. Things are, you know, moving quickly. Um, we're, we're signing players and, and really getting ready for the season. And how much of a relation, relationship, if any, did you guys have with the previous owner, uh, Duncan Woodhall? And have you looked to him for advice on how he handled things uh, coming in as a new owner or anything? Or has there been any rapport between um, the old ownership and the new ownership? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I mean, I knew Duncan, obviously we, I had kids in youth hockey, and so we spent some a lot of time at Marathon Park. So I got to know Duncan. Uh, never truly envisioned that we'd be uh, uh, buying his team, but uh, after it was all said and done, yeah, we got we got a really close re relationship going right now. Uh, Duncan's been aboard for the for a lot of the transition, and and really, I, I just want to say thanks to to Duncan past employees because the infrastructure and the things they had set up through the river walls was unbelievable and it's made our transition really really quite easy yeah and i'm glad you touched on that because uh, i do have a specific question almost pertaining exactly to that we'll get to it uh, in just a second but i want to keep going um, a little bit in depth more on the ownership group itself obviously you make a ton of sense coming back with that old connection uh, BJ makes a ton of sense. Just obviously he's a very well-known name around the area, tons of hockey success comes from a, a great hockey family. But as far as the five of you specifically, how did you come together? How did you form those relationships? Did you all know each other previously or how did you really land on this five being settled on as becoming the hockey management group? Hello. My involvement was really through BJ. Um, Ironically, BJ grew, grew up across the street from my parents' house. Uh, the original owner, Walter Coke, failed. Um, BJ and his 
mom and dad grew up right across the street. So I, you know, not only was I involved with the Cyclones at that time, I think BJ definitely was part of it. I mean, he was a young kid. He was down there. He was excited about it. So he had a lot of memories. And, you know, years, years after, uh, BJ and I got to be friends again. Um, we coached some youth hockey together. We coached the girls uh, U10 storm team together a few years ago. And um, that that's really the bond um, that I had closest with the ownership group. And, and when we started talking about this, I, I knew Corey Garrett through Wasso West hockey, um, not personally by any means, but I knew who he was. And after that, I was introduced to Hannah. And after that, uh, obviously, Kurt White. So we've, uh, we've been very close for the past four months. Yeah, and I'm sure it's going to continue to grow closer and closer um, as, you know, the season progresses and hopefully many, many successful years uh, to come after that. Um, so moving on to some of the goals, uh, for, for the ownership group and for the, the team and the franchise in general, uh, I know you and I kind of corresponded a little bit and you told me some goals on and off the ice, but, uh, let's start with kind of that, uh, that comment that you made about Duncan just a minute ago. Um, obviously the river wolves did a lot to try and infiltrate the community, really not only grow a fan base, but grow, um, grow and expound upon the amount of people and the impact that they can really make the positive impact. Um, in the Wausau community. So what are some of your ideas as a, uh, as a leadership group and ownership group to really kind of build upon what the River Wolves uh, left and to really further those impacts and uh, further the involvement within the community? Yeah, I think uh, Duncan, again, and his whole team did such a great job uh, uh, working with the community on a lot of different ventures. Um, a lot of those we want to just pick up. Um, we want to make them better. Uh, we want to expand out to more people. Um, obviously, with our ownership group and our strengths and our um, being embedded in the community, I think we can get a better better hold on 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 some of these events and be more involved in them. So, and I know. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, that's all right. Uh, one of the one of the main things we really want to look at is is we need to reconnect with the area youth hockey programs. Um, one of the things we saw, um, obviously through our own eyes, and once we got together as an ownership group and started talking, we just think there's we need to reconnect with um, you know Marathon County Youth Hockey, the Everest programs, um, Mosini, uh, Merrill. These are these are all outreach for us. And I think we can, we can somehow make an impact in these programs and we can have youth nights and we can send players to some of their events and, you know, we can, we can just be more involved. Yeah. That was my next question anyway, was uh, I know how important youth hockey is to you and it's crazy. Wausau is centrally, centrally located within, you know, 20 to 25 minutes of, five or six different high school programs and where they play. Um, so obviously, you know, a team uh, that they can really look up to um, guys that they can see, you know, there is a chance to keep playing uh, after, after um, high school and it really kind of motivates them to become their best players, but also um, you can just start at such a young level and, and really grow the game. I know coming from Anago when I was young, mites, squirts, peewees all the way up through, we had two different teams, you know, an A and a B team all the way up through. And now it's hard to field, you know, just one team at some of these levels. So we need uh, we need 
more youth hockey. Uh, just we needed to, to keep growing and we need the game uh, to really be represented um, in a solid way. And I think that the Cyclones um, hopefully are going to be a beacon of that in the community. Oh, definitely. You know, one of my goals is, you know, when do I see a win? A win is when I when I get to Marathon Park and we see 75 to 100 kids there and all wearing their black and yellow Marathon County Youth Hockey jerseys to match the Cyclones I, I, and, and just maybe the dreams in their heads saying, you know, maybe someday I can play for this team. So, uh, again, that's one of my my personal goals and and, and work very hard on that. Yeah, that's something you can't overlook or overstate either is now that you're wearing the same colors, you know, you can really uh, try and emulate those older kids and that, you know, step above team all the way from the time down in mites. You know, your jerseys look a lot alike. Your colors are the same. So you can always have that, you know, you can really get ingrained and, and uh, grow that personal bond between the youth players and the uh, NA3 team. So beyond that, uh, beyond the youth hockey goals and the community goals, um, Obviously, the NA3 is about the players themselves, right? It's about player development, um, helping them get a, gain exposure, gain exposure, excuse me, and helping them uh, move along to bigger and better things. Um, what's what's very interesting, and I talked about this uh, with the previous ownership regime too, uh, is how are you going to go about trying to find that that perfect balance between you know, developing individual players and taking individual strengths and really trying to move on these individual kids who you really know have it and have that potential, but also still trying to look to put together the best team aspect and the most, you know, team success possible. Um, is there a trick to kind of balancing those things or is that a trial by fire? Um, what's your insight on that? Well, I, I think it's wide open right now because obviously we, we got so much room for growth. I mean, we need to, we need to create a better on ice performance and product. And with that will come more exposure. Um, if these kids, kids are winning, uh, if they're playing well, um, I think they're going to start get, get, getting some looks obviously from, uh, from maybe uh, some null level, uh, maybe a USHL team, maybe a division one, division three, uh, collegiate level are getting a look at these kids. And that's really our whole mindset is to get these kids to the next level. Um, we're, we want to win. We want to have a winning team. We want to give the community a great product, but really it's about the kids. It's about the kids. It's about our coaches. It's about our employees. Uh, Jake, it's about you. Uh, we, we want to move everybody to the next level. And that is our goal. And that is that is our ownership goal. Um, um, one of the one of the top five goals is, you know, make a better product, get these kids, get our employees exposure, and get a move to wherever they need to go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I I couldn't agree more. But I also think that just, you know, looking at it from a competitive standpoint and a sports fan and a sports lover standpoint, like everything is better when the product and this team success is a little bit better. Everybody's going to play a little bit harder. Everybody's going to cheer a little bit more. Uh, the energy is going to be there more. So I think it's something that kind of feeds itself where obviously, you know, the more success, uh, the more it's going to be spread throughout, uh, throughout every level of the organization. Um, I'm excited because uh, I've, I've already looked at a couple of these players that are signed that have returned their contracts that are for sure going to be uh, cyclones this fall. We've got a lot of talent coming in. We got a lot of exciting players. Uh, I know personally, 
um, one of the goalies that we're working with and, and hope to have this fall. I got to call one of his uh, semifinal games at the U.S. Juniors earlier this year over in Green Bay. So that was kind of cool. I already got some familiarity with that, and he was standing on his head. So I'm really excited to be able to call these games. I'm really excited to get to know uh, these kids. And, yeah, like I said, just straight up being honest, I mean, nobody wants to lose 30-plus games a season. It's much more fun when you can uh, really go out there and put together a competitive product night in and night out. As you know, I, as, couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Avi. Go ahead. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Uh, obviously we've tried, we've tried some different things this year. I mean, we've had a camp out in Colorado. You spoke about it in earlier podcasts. Uh, we're, we're reaching out a little bit. We're trying to put the cyclones a little more spread across the country than maybe just uh, central Wisconsin, Minnesota area, things like that. So um, we did a camp over in Minnesota, extremely successful. Um, got a bunch of looks from kids, got our, got our name out there. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're trying hard. We're, uh, we're doing everything in our power to, uh, to get to the next level. Yeah, and a massive opportunity for national exposure um, obviously will come, I believe it's going to be in December again at the NA three showcase. If you can go, you know, put on a show over there in Blaine, Minnesota with every team in the country there, you know, you're going to get some looks, you're going to get noticed. So I'm, I'm very excited. Looking forward to December. But one of the last things I wanted to touch on here before, uh, before we wrap up is, uh, that Bowman showcase, which you, which you just mentioned, um, it just happened a couple of weeks ago over in Minnesota. I know you were in attendance and if I recall, my conversation with uh, Coach Bailey, the team went 1-1-1 one, one, and one over the weekend, I believe. 1-1 one, one, lost one and tied one. Uh, for a group of guys that never really, you know, played together before and never played for, for Colin uh, before that weekend, you got to consider that pretty pretty successful. Um, what did you see at the Bowman Showcase? And uh, did, you, did you see anything that really gave you, uh, you know, lots of hope uh, as we move towards the fall? Yeah, it was exciting. Uh, you know, we went over, um, drove over there and spent a few days and, uh, my daughter, Nicole and my son, Alex went along and, you know, we truly didn't know what to expect. And uh, Duncan, we met Duncan at the door immediately and he introduced us to, uh, some collegiate level folks and some other all team coaches and scouts. And it was just a wonderful experience. And, uh, we saw some really, really great hockey. It was a, it was amazing. These kids played so hard and uh, um, they were really out to, to show what they had. So it was fun. And we, we did, we, I believe we suited up 23 players um, and they, they really played hard. I mean, I, I got some good looks at some really good players. Yeah. It's encouraging <laughs> just in general to have that many kids. Uh, along and and have that full roster and Colin and I also talked about like you can't overstate like how important and uh, how impactful those just two or three day tournaments say even in high school when you do those like one-off summer tournaments where your head coach isn't allowed to be there but the rest of the team's together and you're playing you're getting those extra extra days together extra hours together uh, it, it goes leaps and bounds as far as their team chemistry and, you know, those guys getting to know each other, especially guys that age, you know, they fall into uh, friendships and relationships like that. So you give them any extra time playing together. Um, it's it's going to be nothing but positives uh, come the regular season. So uh, if there's anything, that's pretty much all I had prepared for you. If there's anything else you'd like to touch on, anything in general, Cyclones-wise or uh, from you personally, 
I leave the floor open to you now. Well, really, one of the biggest questions is, you know, that's been asked me is, is how do you feel right now? And then, you know, we've had we've had a bunch of time to think about that question. And, and still, I don't have the answer. I don't have the words. I don't have the feelings to explain it. But uh, I'll tell you, we are extremely excited. Uh, we've been very emotional about it, obviously, when, obviously in, in, in that direction for the Fail family. So we're, we're so excited. We're so excited to, to see the fans, um, excited to work with the players, uh, the Billick family's uh, old alumni. Um, for 20 years, I've been asked on the city street at sporting events, you know, we get the same question over and over. When are you, when are you bringing the Cyclones back? And, you know, um, I've been so fortunate to, to be, hooked up with this ownership group and I can now finally say to all those people that we're back after 20 years, the Cyclones are back. So uh, uh, really super excited for the season to start. Well, there you go. They got their, they got their answer. Eventually it, it took a while, but uh, you know, as they say, right place, right time and feels like the right place and the right time to bring the Cyclones back. So uh, congratulations on that uh, in the first place in general. And uh, we appreciate and we look forward to uh, many more talks with you over the years and uh, the rest of the management group as well. But uh, one one final thing I wanted to say is just that I'm, you know, I, I look forward to hockey season each and every year. But um, for me, I think this, this is going to be a new broadcasting challenge just in general. It's a chance to kind of like reset on everything and uh, really just, you know, step up and up above and beyond as far as my broadcasting abilities and what I've been doing. And uh, just excited to have you guys involved and excited to uh, move on and see what this uh, season has in store. I cannot wait to call those goals. I cannot wait to call those wins. So uh, thank you guys and uh, appreciate your time tonight, Brad. Yeah, thanks, Jake, uh, for having me on again. I just wanted to close with I was listening to a radio radio program before I uh, jumped on here tonight. Uh, I heard a stat that the Milwaukee Admirals haven't played in 580 days. So they got a big kickoff party going tonight. And uh, I thought to myself, well, it's been almost 20 years for the Cyclones. So uh, <laughs> I think uh, we're ready. And I really hope you all are too. So what you're saying, Brad, is do not miss, do everything in your power to not miss that opening night at Marathon County Ice Arena, because that's going to be a party that the Admirals couldn't even touch. You got it. We'll be waiting for y'all. All right. Good deal. Um, as always, you can find out uh, more as far as, you know, uh, promotions and uh, opening night tickets and things like that um, at the site on the Cyclones website. But again, Brad, thank you. Uh, we'll talk to you again sometime soon. And um for those of you who uh, have not checked out a River Wolves or a Cyclones game yet in general, please encourage you to uh, do so as we have a lot of exciting things planned uh, throughout the duration of the season. All right. I will let you go and uh, we'll talk to, I believe, either BJ or Hannah in the next episode. So there is our first owner that once again was Brad Fail of the Hockey Management Group, Management Group LLC.